0: entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 272. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back to this week's episode. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. It's December 2019 at the time of this recording. I hope you're Finishing up your year strong, ready to take on a new year 2020. Well, let's jump right into this week's episode. Our guest this week is Brian Page. Brian became a millionaire in his 20s as a residential real estate investor, only to lose it all in the historic crash of 2008 with so many others. So starting over with no credit or ability to buy property, Brian discovered a way to use other people's properties to earn income. He went on to make six figures in six months and over $300,000 in his first year renting and listing properties on Airbnb. Realizing that no one at the time was teaching how to build and scale an Airbnb business, Brian created a training called the BNB Formula. His masterclass is now the world's best-selling Airbnb training where he has taught Thousands of people from over 38 countries how to build six and seven figure Airbnb businesses with several of his students now doing over $1 million in bookings. Brian has worked with heavyweights around the world like Ty Lopez, Mike Dillard, Kevin Harrington, Dean Graziosi, and Grant Cardone and has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Brian is passionate about helping people create new sources of income and becoming financially free so without further ado let's jump right into this week's episode with brian page all right today welcome on the show brian page brian hey thanks so much for joining us hey what's going on great to be here man yeah it's our pleasure brian hey before we jump into all the exciting topics we have lined up today Let's back up and can you just take a minute, and tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, kind of your story and, you know, your path up to this point.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm one of those unemployable entrepreneurs <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to do, trying to do anything I can since I was a kid, not to have a traditional job and succeeded mostly in not having to work for someone else. And that's been my thing and done all kinds of different businesses and ventures and many of which didn't work and some that did. and you know, now I've been in real estate all my life and now I'm kind of the short-term Airbnb rental guy. And we're going to talk about that. But, you know, I do a lot of different things and I'm a husband and father.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, let's just jump right into it, Brian. How did you land on Airbnb and these short-term rentals? Why that niche versus, you know, the so many others out there?
2: Yeah, well, you know, going right out of college or as soon as I graduated from college, I was looking for a way to become rich to become a millionaire and i had learned that real estate you know was a vehicle that had produced more millionaires than just about any other and so i got into that i got into flipping properties i got into wholesaling i did all kinds i did construction you know all kinds of different real estate deals and uh, i was making a lot of money at a very young age in my 20s and it worked out well for me up until the big real estate crash and when that happened you know everything the rug was pulled out from under me and i lost all my entire portfolio of properties and it was a gigantic mess, and after that, I really didn't want anything to do with real estate. I didn't want to be a landlord again. I certainly didn't want to go into debt again. I was done, and so I was looking for an alternate way to make cash flow. And I tried all kinds of ways that didn't work, that I couldn't get like real money coming in. And then finally, I, I came on this idea, came across this idea of Airbnb, but not just Airbnb, a scalable Airbnb business where I could make six, seven figures a year, and that kind of began my journey. I just thought, man, maybe this is the way to kind of. Hack real estate. And that's essentially what I do. I teach people how to hack real estate, especially properties that they don't own. Yeah, that's
1: great. And, you know, in today's sharing economy, it's really changing the way we live and the way we go about our lives. And Airbnb is another piece of that. So you think, you know, the sharing economy has, you know, kind of grown into things like ride sharing with, you know, Uber and Lyft and vacation rental sharing, you know, with things like Airbnb. So It's really changed the way people go about their lives. Tell us a little bit about more on that kind of subject, if you will.
2: Yeah, well, it's very true. It's not just that these new apps and technologies have come around that have changed everything. It's that people have access to just about anything. You don't have to own anything nowadays. You can join NetJet and fly private instead of owning a jet, which is less expensive. If you want to drive a luxury car and a different car every week, you can do that with Turo. You could stay in, you know, castles or mansions or any kind of property you want to stay on an Airbnb or VRBO. And you can live like a you know, multimillionaire for a lot less money and pretty much have the lifestyle you want by using other people's assets. And that's what the sharing economy is all about. There's many, many things we could talk about there. But what I've found is that Airbnb and the opportunity that it affords is a way to create consistent cash flow and to do it with virtually no risk at all no risk at all and to do it quickly and i don't know of any other business within 30 days or less you can have a consistent stream of income coming into your life month after month after month and that's it's kind of a, the perfect blend of real estate and technology
1: yeah well let's talk more about that model that you've kind of figured out and fine-tuned over the years brian and that is you know investing in airbnb properties renting them out tell us about how that works
2: okay so i'll tell you a little bit about my story I won't tell too much because if anybody decides to learn more about me, they're going to hear my story in full because I talk about it a lot. But my story is basically after that big real estate crash around 08, I was trying to figure out how to make money and I didn't want to work a job. So I was trying to get out of my job that I had to work temporarily to pay the bills. <laughs> and so I was, I was looking to get back into that you know, passive income game. And so I was making a little bit of money with my spare room in my apartment. I had a second bedroom and I was making money on Airbnb with that. But it was a chance encounter with a gentleman, a wealthy gentleman on a plane that said, you know, started asking me about my business. And he said, well, why don't you get more properties? And I said, well, my credit sucks. You know, I had a major problem with the big real estate crash. I don't want to go buy properties again. I don't have down payments, 20% down, all that stuff. He's like, no, 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 you don't need to buy properties. You just need to control properties. And you can control properties through leases. You can control properties by partnering with owners. And I was like, wow. And that one idea, I went home and I got my first standalone property I by leasing it. I got another property on a lease, another property, and I started partnering with owners. I did about uh, a little over six figures the first six months and 300000 my very first year on Airbnb. All with properties I didn't own and all with the owners on board, 100% on board. So, so that kind of changed my life.
1: Wow. So let me get this straight. You go out and lease a property. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to go and, and apply for a loan. Take out a mortgage, you know, do all the things that come with that. Rather you go out and lease the property and then turn around and list it on Airbnb.
2: Yes, and the distinction here is I list on Airbnb for three hundred percent more. So I can take a property that rents for a thousand dollars and make three thousand a month on Airbnb with it. So the amount of cash flow is there's no comparison because as a real estate investor for most of my life, I know that a little one bedroom unit, for example, might make two hundred dollars two fifty net after piti you know yeah right but on airbnb i can make 10 times that so 10 times more cash flow and i could not believe the amount of money that i was bringing in so for example the very first property i ever listed on airbnb i made 1600 dollars net after the first month 1600 net i'm talking after utilities after the lease everything 1600 and then it went up from there 1600 to 2000 dollars a month on average on that one unit so to be able to make 24 grand 20 grand a year on a little tiny one bedroom There's nothing else like it in real estate that I know of that can give you that much bang for the buck. And the only investment I had was first month's deposit and first month's rent. That's it. It was a furnished place. So I was killing it. And that's kind of been the whole model. And then it was learning how to scale it, how to go get more properties, how to have a bunch of properties without pulling my hair out and having to work a bunch of hours to manage them. And that became a whole system, a formula, basically, that I figured out and I started teaching other people how to do.
1: Brian, right off the bat, this is pretty obvious that it solves one major problem for many real estate investors out there. And that is the access to capital, right? If you're just getting started and you go out and buy a rental property and put the traditional 20 or 25% down, and then you have that property. But if you were like me, when I was first getting started, you had to wait another six to 12 months to save up that capital again and go out and do it again. So it's a very slow process. And that's why it's not a get rich quick scheme that is. But This, you know, really allows you to scale quicker. So that's really one factor I'm already seeing here.
2: Yeah. And let's take somebody, for example, that's gonna buy a property with twenty percent down. Let's say they have twenty grand, they're buying a hundred thousand dollar property, they're putting twenty percent down because it's not owner occupied. So they got twenty grand to invest into real estate. So they buy one property and they put their twenty grand in there and they make a few hundred dollars a month with the traditional model renting out long term to a tenant. So take that twenty grand and put it into short-term rentals, put it into leases. So how many leases could you get for twenty grand? You could get a bunch. I don't know, five, six, depends what kind of market you're in. Maybe eight rentals, it just depends. If you're going after furnished properties, it doesn't have to cost much. Even if you just did two and you're making a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars in each of those units, I mean the, the numbers are just completely turned on their head. And what the exciting thing is that you can now do it without any money invested at all, which is how what we do when we partner with owners. There's another method that I talk about where you just simply partner with the owners. You approach the owners and you say, how would you like to make more cash flow on your unit with no extra work? And the owners are like, sure, tell me what you're talking about. And you say, well, I'm going to take your property. I'm going to list it on Airbnb. I'll do all the work. You do nothing other than sit back and I'll guarantee you're going to make at least your market rent. And then I'm going to give you a percentage, whatever it is, 50-50 or 80-20 or whatever you decide to give them of the profit that comes in on Airbnb. So there's no downside for them. And there's no long-term commitment for us. We don't have to sign a lease. So at any point, we can walk. We can say, you know, we're going to give you 30, 60 days notice. and We can walk. The owners can walk too. But now you have no lease. You have no money invested. Because you're not going to give them a deposit. You're just offering them a service. And I've got students that are doing this, that are doing multiple six figures a year, killing it, absolutely killing it by doing partnerships with owners. So there's different ways to do it, depending on whether you have money or have no money.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And and I like that a piece of advice you got from that gentleman, and that was control the asset. You don't necessarily have to buy the asset, right? So you don't have to go out and actually physically own it to make this model work. You just have to control the asset. And that's what most real estate investors do if you think about it by controlling assets that are not necessarily in their name, but maybe in an entity, an LLC or whatever. So many people are already kind of used to that model. This is just taking it one step further.
2: It is. And I get it is controversial a little bit because some people you know, criticize me because they're like, Brian, you're telling people not to buy properties. And I'm not saying that because I believe <laughs> you should. there's nothing wrong with owning properties, building wealth, paying, you know, building equity, all that kind of stuff is great. But for the average person that's never done real estate investing or the real estate investor who just wants to try a different model, you know, there's nothing wrong with controlling assets because I was looking for cash flow. That's what I wanted. I wanted, I knew that cash flow could change my lifestyle. I knew if I had enough cash flow coming in. You know, with minimal hours invested in my business, then I, it would change my entire life. And at the point where I got to about $300,000 a year on Airbnb that first year, I automated everything. I literally outsourced everything in my business and I was working about three hours to four hours a week. That's it. So at that point, I was bringing in a very healthy passive income, very you know, semi passive income. I was working almost no hours and then I just started traveling the world and I was living the lifestyle that I dreamt of and I had total time freedom. And so to me, I don't know any other, and it wasn't just me. I mean, it's a big deal that Brian did it. I've had many students that have done this too. So they've been completely financially free in like 90 days, six months, like very short amount of time to where they're like, oh my gosh, I quit my full-time job. I'm now financially free. I've got all these properties making me money on Airbnb. I don't own any of them. And it changes their entire life. That's that's what I love. That's why people invest in real estate. I hope it's the cash flow. That's one of the biggest reasons that you invest in real estate. And so to me, it's a way to hack real estate. And it's it's a way to become a real estate investor without owning any real estate. And I love it. I teach it. I've taught thousands of people around the world how to do it. And the cool thing is most of the people that have done it with me have no prior real real estate experience. So if you're listening right now to this podcast and you have any real estate experience, this is going to be child's play for you. It's not complicated. (laughs) I love it. Well,
1: Brian, somebody listening in right now might be thinking to themselves, well, this sounds like a great model, Brian, but I don't have oceanfront property in Miami. I don't have a beach condo in Pensacola, Florida, or wherever it may be. I yeah. simply have a single family home in let's call it uh, Missouri or wherever. Nobody wants to you know, come here for vacation rental. Does this model work everywhere? Does it only work in certain markets, only certain property types? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Okay, so that's one of the biggest myths about Airbnb and short-term rentals is that that short-term rentals are the same as vacation rentals, and they're not, okay? So there are companies out there like VRBO that are catered to vacation rentals. But what I teach is short-term rentals, which is Airbnb. And the interesting thing about Airbnb is that a very small minority of people that use Airbnb are traveling for tourism purposes. So they're not traveling for tourism. They're not traveling for vacations. They're traveling for all the reasons people travel to hotels. The hotel industry exists. The hotel industry, unless you're in a very touristy city, is not based on people traveling for vacation or for, travel or for uh, tourism. People travel for business. People travel for work. People travel to move to a new area, to go see families for the holidays. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons people travel. And those are the same reasons that we are going to offer them short-term rentals. So to answer your question, I have students now in every market, every major metro market across the country. In big cities, medium towns, and even very small towns, we're talking like under 10,000 people, and they're killing it. I have students in towns I've never even heard of, nobody's (laughs) ever heard of, and people are staying there. Now, why would somebody want to stay in a town of 8,000 people in uh, rural Texas? Well, because people need to go everywhere, and a town of like 8,000 people in rural Texas might not have any hotels. So there aren't a lot of options if you're going to go there and you need a place to stay. And I've seen time and time again that my students are in places like suburbs outside of uh, larger towns, like, for example, Dallas, Texas. in yeah. just a nondescript suburb, and they've got a three-bedroom, two-bath house, and it's doing great. And there's some people that are in city centers, and they're doing great. And There's people that are in small towns. There's people that are in college towns that are killing it. There's people in – I know some people that just have properties that cater to a wedding people, wedding travelers. Oh, so yeah? they okay. next, next to a wedding venue. And they have a house and they say, oh, everybody that stays here goes to this wedding venue. So there's all kinds of reasons that you could put up a short-term rental and people want to stay there. So that's a big misconception. You do not have to be in one of those vacation areas in order to do really well.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Brian, why might an owner of a residential property allow you to do this type of lease where they lease this property to you for, let's say, the kind of the going rate of maybe it's $1,000 a month for this one bedroom or whatever it might be? What incentives does the investor have to kind of do this lease option with you and kind of relinquish control of their property to somebody who's not going to own it but turn around and upfront, admittedly, go out and do this model
2: of yeah. their property? Okay, that's one thing I get asked a lot because when I started out, I didn't think people would say yes. I didn't know if they would say yes. And quite yeah. frankly, they didn't say yes for the longest time to me until I could figure out how to kind of overcome their objections. And what I found, you know, as a real estate investor, I was a landlord for many, many, many years. And so I understand what it's like to be a landlord. And I had to think, okay, what do owners really want when they put their property up for rent? There's only a couple things they're looking for. They're looking for the rent that they want, and they want to have it come in consistently with no hassle. So they want somebody who's going to pay the bills, in other words, and they want somebody who's going to maintain and respect the property and not damage the property. Those are the two main concerns that owners have. And if you can show them that you're going to do both of those things, and that you might even be a better choice than a normal traditional tenant, then they'll, they will go with you even if you don't pay them any more money, even if you don't partner with them. So for example, most of my listings are leases, just straight up leases, and I'm paying them exactly what the market rent is. Because when I approach those owners, I tell them, look, there's a huge advantage to leasing to me versus anybody else. And I'm going to explain why. For example, you're not going to have any tenants living in your property. You're going to have guests living in the property and guests treat properties very differently than tenants do. For example, a guest will never have their dog in the backyard digging holes and barking all the time because we don't allow pets. But, you know, my listings don't have pets. Right. There's never going to be any, any smokers in the house. There's never going to be somebody who puts a satellite dish on the roof or paints one of the bedrooms a weird color or leaves their car on blocks in the driveway and doesn't change the <laughs> oil. I mean, none of that stuff's going to happen with somebody that's flying in for two days from you know Boise. I mean, it, that's never going to happen. So you got to understand first of all, your property is going to be maintained at a level that it, it's not currently. And I have professional cleaners that are going to come in here every two, three days, clean your property. So it's going to be in immaculate condition. And at any point, you can go in and see the property between guests. So I explain this to them. And then I go on and give them other examples. And I say, look, I'm going to have insurance that covers any kind of damages and any kind of liability. So you don't need to worry about any of that. And I go through all the benefits, basically. And they can either say yes or they can say no. And some people say no. And that's fine. I don't care because there's so many rentals out there. There's millions of properties there for rent. I've never had somebody say to me, wow, Brian, that's a great idea. I'm going to go do Airbnb. Because if they had already known about Airbnb, they would already be doing it. If they already knew the potential they would be doing. it. I think just most of them just don't know how much money you can actually make on Airbnb. So that's what I do. I just kind of uh, present it to people. I only present it to people that are looking for a tenant. So I'm not cold calling people. I'm not going out. I'm just literally looking on at a local paper or Craigslist or, you know, Padmapper or one of these sites. And I'm just looking for places that are for rent. And I just say, hey, welcome to your property. And then when I see it, I just tell them what I do and they can either say yes or no. It's really not that complicated. And you don't need a bunch of properties to make a lot of money. I mean, if you have, you know, five properties that are making 1500 a month each, I mean, we're talking, you know, you're approaching six figures a year. It's got a lot of potential.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point you make. Well, Brian, tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that goes on in the background, some of the systems and processes you've kind of built over the years and fine tuned to allow you to scale this
2: business. Okay, so this is one of the things I found when I got started that was really frustrating to me because when I got, I got about three, four listings, I went online trying to search for how do I manage my listings and scale my business. I couldn't find any, anybody online that was talking about it. And this was years ago. Nobody was teaching it. There was no YouTube videos, nothing. I was like, man, that's strange that nobody's teaching how to do this. This is a big, big opportunity, but nobody was even talking about Airbnb arbitrage and you know all this kind of stuff. So I basically had to just figure it out on my own, and I figured that there was a way to outsource everything. You know, outsourcing is kind of a has become a bad word in recent years, but you know, we live in a global economy. Yeah. Now, so you can get people in any part of the world for very, very little money to do almost anything you need them to do, whether it's answering guests or you know messaging people or calling the cleaners or whatever, and you can pay them to take over all the day-to-day tasks. Because once you get about three, four, five listings, you're actually running a little hotel with the rooms or you know, instead of in one spot, they're spread all over town. And it becomes a lot. It really does. So if you don't have a system, you're going to just create another job for yourself. And that's not I'm not into that. I want to work as little as possible and make as much as possible. So I found a way to outsource all those day to day tasks. So the only job I really had was do I want to go out this week and get another property or not? I mean, that was my job. Just go find more properties. And by doing that, it was a game changer. And I started teaching other people how to do that because people started reaching out to me, all kinds of people, just on social media and friends and long lost relatives. So what are you doing, Brian? You're traveling the world. You seem to be doing well. You're not working. What are you doing? And I just told them, you know, I'm doing this. And that led into me starting to teach people. And so I kind of started teaching them my formula, which I call my B&B formula. And that kind of led into me, you know being the, the guy, you know, the leading expert in the world on Airbnb and thousands of people around the world going through my training and stuff. So so that's basically it. So it's all about systems. It's all about trying. I always wanted to work that four hour work week as Tim Ferriss, yeah, right. And that's what this business has allowed me to do. Truly to be, you know, semi-retired, to have the lifestyle I want to work from anywhere. I don't have to be in the city where my properties are. It's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. I really like the uh, systems and processes that go on behind the scenes that allow you to kind of automate and scale this thing right because that's where it gets really fun and you know if you can build these things to kind of operate yeah. on their own and you know outsource different tasks, you can go out and you know kind of focus on the best and highest use of your time. In your case, it's you know going out and getting more properties under contract, right? So it allows you to kind of grow and scale that way.
2: Yeah, I want to teach people to build a system. I want you want to build a machine, a cash flow machine. And it doesn't mean there's no involvement. I mean, anybody that tells you you have 100% passive income and you do nothing. <laughs> I mean, maybe interest on your savings or, you know, some stock investing or something, but generally you're going to have some involvement, but that's okay because most people are looking for something they can do as a side hustle that they can grow. And this is a side hustle that you can start right now, start making a thousand, two thousand dollars a month very quickly. And then decide, you know, do I want to cut back at work? Do I want to quit my job that I hate? Do I want to just have it as a side hustle and keep growing it? And then the sky's the limit. I mean, I've, I've got three students now that have just hit a million dollars on Airbnb, a million dollars in bookings. I've got multiple students, I don't know, dozens and dozens of students that are over six figures a year net, you know, from teenagers all the way up to people in their 70s. And I've got, I don't know how many countless people that have quit their job and replaced their income and all that kind of stuff. So it's doable. It's just, do you want to go do it? Do you want to follow the steps and go do it and just prove it to yourself? That's why I tell people, just prove it to yourself get one listing, get one listing, get it up and running and see if it works because it's not anybody can do it.
1: Now, Brian, what if somebody currently owns a rental property? Let's say it's just a single family house somewhere and they're considering using this model. What would be the best way for them to test the waters and see if this is a viable model for their market, their property type,
2: their location, all of that? Well, here's the thing. If you own a property, I tell people, look, Just experiment, especially if you own multiple properties. Take one of them, turn it into a short-term rental. Now, you may need to furnish it. Obviously, it has to be furnished to put it on Airbnb. But there's nothing that says you can't list it for a month or two. If you don't like it, you can convert it back to a long-term rental. But I've found that when owners convert it over, they never go back. They never go back to long-term. And I own properties now, again, and I would never do long-term just because the cash flow is so much better short-term. And so I would encourage people to try it. And remember that they're going to make more than somebody would that's leasing. Because if you're leasing, obviously that owner's marking it up. Because if the owner's mortgage is seven hundred and they're leasing it to me for a thousand, then they're making their cash flow, and then I get to make even more on top of that. And I'm very clear with owners that that's what I'm doing. It's not like I'm not sneaking around. I mean, it's all in writing. Everything's legit. Everything's straight up. There's nothing sneaky about it. Because I want to build a good relationship with them. And owners often will say, Hey, I got more properties. They're coming vacant. If you want a couple more units, so. That kind of stuff happens. But but yeah, I, I think if you own properties, it's something you can should consider doing. For example, I just bought a property recently and I renovated it. I've got about it's very inexpensive. That's eighty five thousand all in. And that property currently is making between three and four thousand dollars a month. So so <laughs> we're talking about a property that's making in two years what it cost me to buy. In other words, I could pay it off. I don't have a mortgage on it. I paid cash, but if if I had got a mortgage on it, I could have paid it off in two years. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know many real estate programs where you can pay off a house in two years, but you can do it in certain price points with uh, Airbnb. Yeah, sure.
1: Well, Brian, many people can drive down a road in their market and look at a property and think, okay, that's a $50,000 property or that's a $100,000 property or that's a property that would run out for $1,000 a month or $500 a month. They have an idea or a sense of value for whether that property would sell or rent for a certain amount. But with Airbnb, it's a bit of a different metric. So do you have any kind of rules of thumb or maybe data resources that you find valuable?
2: Yes, yes, that's a very good question. There, It is important that you understand the values, you understand what the potential is. And we actually teach people how to do that in our training. We essentially can help you create a CMA, like a comparative market analysis, like you would when you go to sell or flip a property. The same thing is possible with Airbnb, where you can learn what your unit would probably earn and i walk people exactly how to do that actually i trained them for an entire week on just how to do the pricing and that's something that's uh, kind of an involved conversation but the short answer is almost basically any property will make more short term than it will long term it's just a matter of how much more so rather than going out and getting a property that's going to make you 800 a month i'd rather you go get the one that's going to make you 1600 or 2000 or 2500 a month net i want you to get the more profitable units. And so in every town there's all kinds of different units you can get. Some are going to be super profitable, some are just going to be slightly profitable. I want to help you find the right one. And that's kind of what I do is I walk people through how to do that. Because you know, you go look in your town, you're going to see uh, rentals everywhere. Like, well, where do I start? Where which one do I get? That's what I help people
0: determine. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. Well, Brian, hey, this is a really cool and interesting topic. Probably a very new model to many people listening. And so I'm sure people want to learn more and connect with you. Before we wrap up and do all that, I've got a lightning round, just a series of questions we like to end every episode with our guest. Are you up for it? Let's do it. Cool. Well, the first question in the lightning round is what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then how did you overcome that?
2: Wow. Okay. My biggest hurdle initially when I first got into real estate was I had no money. (laughs) Getting my first no money down, no money down property. I wanted to start building cash flow. I had read Rich Dad Poor Dad and I wanted to get my first property. Luckily, the way I overcame that is I had a very creative seller who is also an investor who got me into a whole bunch of properties, no money down. And that was really awesome. And it was was some creative ways that he got me in, no money down. But that's not something a lot of people have access to, especially if you're talking about just buying, like I was at the time, buying properties and putting 20% down. That's what most banks are going to require now. And although lending is loosened up, it's not as loose as it was back then. So that was the biggest challenge was getting started with no money. I had very little money to my name when I got started in real estate investing. And then the second time, getting back into this new model of Airbnb and real estate, the biggest challenge was, I think, was just understanding how to manage multiple listings because I could get owners on board, but how do you manage them? Because it's a different kind of business. It's not just like once a month, somebody sends you a check. It's a different kind of business They have to manage, but it's so much more profitable. So I was determined to learn the system and learn how to do it and build it and then duplicate it and help other people do it. And so I think that's what I yeah, would answer.
1: Awesome. Well, Brian, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success?
2: Ooh, I like this one. I've never been asked this one. Yes, morning rituals. Morning rituals are the most important thing I do in my life. And that's the time you spend every morning to go through the habits that build success. And that could be any number of things from meditating to reading to working out to journaling. Getting clear on your vision, writing down your goals in life, or what you're going to do for the day—all those kind of things. My morning ritual used to be 30 minutes, then it became an hour, now it's become two hours every morning, and it's the most incredible time. I have that; I can't say enough about that. I think if people don't have a morning ritual, they're holding themselves back in their life.
1: Yes, it does seem to be a common denominator amongst everyone who's out there really doing something and being intentional with their life is starting the day on their own terms. I do the same, so yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, do you have an online resource that you find valuable in your day-to-day?
2: Online resource. Wow. Okay. I have a lot of different software tools that I use, which are just very specific to what I do. But as far as online resource, you know, the closest thing I can think of is really just an app at which would be audible because I love reading books, but at a certain point I can only read so much and I, so I'll listen to audios and I'm either reading or listening to multiple books every single week. And Audible allows me to sit back, take notes, and then devour a whole bunch of business books and stuff that help me. And that's what I've been doing a lot of, is doing a lot more Audible. And I think that's something I can't live without. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll put a link in the show notes for our audience members to go to if they do not have an Audible account. We'll give you a first month free. So we'll link that in the show notes, and then you can go pick up a book, which leads into the next question, Brian. What book would you recommend to the listeners and why?
2: <laughs> All right. I love that. Okay, there are so many books, and I have a goal to read 100 books a year minimum, and I just love books. So I would say the book that's had the biggest impact on me over the last two years is a book called Deep Work. Yeah, by Cal Um, Newport, right? uh, Deep Work by by Cal Newport, yep. And there's also, he's on a podcast, The Hidden Brain, if you want to listen to him on a podcast before you commit to reading his book. Deep Work is all about how to do meaningful work and high-level work in a distracted world and how to do that on a consistent basis so you can be an ultra high achiever. And by going through that book and not just reading it, but reading it over and over again and studying it, it has completely transformed my days and the amount of things that I can get done, I can do in a course of a year, what would take many, many years to do because I've just learned these processes of how do you do that? And it just makes my days so much more peaceful because I, I don't react throughout the day. My days are, you know, I, everything has to wait on me and the way that I've structured my life and structured my day. And I I just can't say enough good things about Deep.
1: I love it. Well, Brian, last question in the lightning round. If you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell yourself?
2: (laughs) I would say, be very careful what you commit to. Be very careful what you sign your name to, as in debt. I'd be very, Mm -hmm. very careful signing your name to a bunch of debt because that was the biggest mistake I ever made.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, Brian, hey, it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast, listening to you in this new model to many of investing in Airbnb properties. As we're wrapping up here, where can people go to learn more about you, learn more about this subject, any kind of resources you've got?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, the BNB formula, the best place to go is BNB formula.com. That's B as in boy, N as in Nancy, B as in boy formula.com. And that's just where you can learn about. Kind of more about what I teach. And you can see hundreds and hundreds of my students there in their own words talking about what they've learned from me and that kind of thing. So that's super fun. And you can check that out. And then if you want to follow me on social media, my handle is at bpagester, B-P-A-G-E-S-T-E-R, at bpagester on Instagram, Facebook, that kind of thing. And then also I have a book. And if you want to check out the book, it basically goes into the details, like the numbers and the details and each property and how I did what I did to build my Airbnb empire. And that's just at brianpagebook.com. But you can also find that on the main website, brianpagebook.com, or you click the link on the main website and you can get my audiobook for two bucks and listen to my story and see if it's something that you might want to try. Awesome.
1: Great. So that's bnbformula.com. Main place to find all these additional resources, more information about this Airbnb formula. And then of course, you've got brianpagebook.com where you can go and get that $2 Audible book. So Great. Thanks so much for that. Brian, as we're wrapping up here, any parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with our audience members?
2: Mm, Piece of advice. Let's see here. I would say invest in your own personal education. Make a goal to spend a certain percentage of all of your income on educating yourself because that is money that has the biggest return on investment. I love it. Well, Brian, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. The
1: Airbnb expert himself, Brian Page. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brian. Take care. All right, that wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Brian Page. Hey, as you can tell, this is a really unique model that Brian has down to a science. And you have to think, in today's society, we are in a sharing economy. From ride-sharing companies like Lyft and Uber to car-sharing companies like Turo, to renting things, purchasing airline tickets, we are part of a sharing economy and Airbnb is another piece of that. So this is a powerful way to use other people's property rather than other people's money or combine the two if you'd like. So if you have any questions or comments about anything we mentioned in the show today, you can find all of those resources in the show notes. Hey, if you like what you heard, please go over and leave a rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. As always, for more information, resources to connect with me, you can do so at www.jacobairs.com Till next week, engineer the lifestyle
0: you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire.